Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Maverick Business Podcast. Today we have Eric Van Horn. He's a master franchisor, franchisee. He's helped in every aspect of, of franchising on, on both sides. Uh, he's been a consultant. Uh, he has a Facebook group. He has a mastermind. He has his own podcast. So he's done everything that you can do in, in the franchise world. Um, and he's here to help you and give you some good insights on who should be a franchise uh, or, or a franchisee, um, how to scale it, when to, to do certain things, and, and some of the pitfalls. So stay tuned for an incredible episode with Eric as, as he walks you through some, some great insights into the world of franchising. Entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't, so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. This is the Maverick Business, helping people get from entrepreneur to scale. We're going to have some fun, but we're also going to put in some work. You'll hear from people who've succeeded in business, their ups and downs, and you'll hear from people from behind the scenes that help along the way. This is the Maverick Business, and here's your host, Anthony Carpenter. Hey, well, welcome, Eric. Uh, thanks for joining us today, and um, we'll jump right into it. And the, the first question I want to ask you is, why, why franchising? Why is franchising such a, a good business model? Anthony, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, why is franchising a good business model? There's a couple of different perspectives we can take that from. Let's take it from the person that wants to get into business and they can either do it on their own or they can choose a franchise to do it with. From that perspective, uh, someone's made a lot or most of the mistakes or hopefully they have. Franchising at the end of the day is uh, a, a company that is should have done well and then they decided to scale nationwide through the franchising model versus scaling nationwide by having a, a bunch of locations that they own and operate themselves and so the business model should be tried and tested meaning the franchise should have made a lot of mistakes along the way and that way you don't have to make the mistakes as a new business owner so it's kind of like a business in a box they give you everything and you should just have to plug and play now that's in a perfect world it's like that and plug and play is probably overused businesses in a box is probably overused because it still requires a lot of work and it's your business but you're given the playbook on how to do it so at the end of the day if you don't want to create everything from scratch on your own, go through the lessons of learning everything. Uh, franchising is a really good option for people that want to be shown what to do and they can just execute a model that's been given to them that should be proven. And, um, and that's really at the end of the day, who should be buying a franchise and the people that shouldn't, if they're too entrepreneurial, maybe they, they just love the creation of stuff. They love getting, uh, you know, uh, innovating. They they just don't want to execute. They want to try different things all the time, and they don't want to pay royalties for that. And and so those people probably should just go out and do it on their own. So and then maybe eventually they'll turn their business if it's successful into a franchise. But the franchising at the end of the day just cuts out a lot of mistakes. And it's an easier entry into entrepreneurship for the most part. So what are you seeing as far as demographics for people who are kind of looking for that first first business? Where do you see those demographics? 
for people who are doing it? So um, a lot of people are coming out of corporate America. There's two, really two different groups of people that buy a franchise. One that those that are coming out of corporate America or they're already out of corporate America, but corporate America is their background and they don't want to go back or they do want to leave. The other one are entrepreneurs that love business partnerships or they don't want to go create another business from scratch on their own, even though they did it successfully once before. They would rather just take a model and just put it, just execute it themselves or find a partner to execute with them So, um, or for them. You know, you, some of these franchises, you can just buy uh, buy it, put in a business uh, a manager for the business, and then run the run the business that way. So, going back to the question, um, it's corporate America uh, refugees, people that were in corporate America, they just can't wait to get out, or they already are out. It's a really good uh, you know model for those guys. Now, it, there's different ones in franchising as well. There's service based. And there's retail-based uh, franchises, and there's really a, bit, a big difference between the two, especially as the entrepreneur that is getting into franchising or buying the franchise. If you are um, getting into retail, some of the advantages are you do it for your first location, then you just do the same thing for your second location. Typically, your second location struggles a bit for all most franchisees and then your third location and so on and so forth, you've learned how to open it up, the mistakes that were made, you have infrastructure in place so you can continue to get uh, locations open. That's what I did at Solo Salon Studios. We opened up three and the number four through 12 were just so easy to do. Um, but um, the disadvantage is you're signing personal guarantees, you're signing long-term leases. And so there's just, and it costs more money to build things out. So that's the disadvantage, but then I just told you what the advantage is. Now, service-based, especially like home service companies, you don't, they're not typically as expensive to start up. There's not a lot of uh, equipment involved. And entrepreneurs can get those started up uh, for less money typically than a retail business. And you scale that one by adding more employees or adding more vehicles, but there's typically not a massive capital intensive uh, deal to expand and grow that business. And even within service space, there's a couple different kinds to consider. But, um, but that's, I think that probably answers that question. Yeah, and, and I know you have a lot of uh, background with service-based. I know you kind of have started a, a group of service-based ones, um, and I think those are a lot cheaper, like as you said, cheaper and then easier just to kind of run. One, I think, problem that I think a lot of service-based, you kind of buy a territory, and then after that, it's kind of hard to, you kind of landlock yourself and get grown, grow out of that. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, and I think that might be a, a misconception or if the franchise isn't doing things right, very accurate. What I mean is you want to have a large enough area that provides you with the right amount of people to be able to service, to be able to grow the business to your expectations, whatever those expectations are. Now, I've helped so many people over the years find franchises, and I don't do that anymore. I refer people out to different people just to help people out to find different franchises because I know so many people out there doing that. So people do want to get introduced to somebody. I'm happy to make introductions if they're thinking about buying a franchise, but, um, but the territory is a really big deal. Um, 
some franchisors are going to tell you that all territory, meaning the area that you buy is equal. And I don't think that's true. At least in the brands that I've been a part of, territory is not equal. Um, sometimes I, I, I always want what I can't have. If I'm in an urban area, I want suburban. If I'm in a suburban area, I want rural. And so there's always, you know, you always want what you can't have. But for the most part, franchisors that are doing things the right way size their territories so the franchisees can have accurate income expectations and net profit expectations. And what I've seen, some of the largest territories out there are, are underutilized. They're not really marketing to them. They're not really doing what they need to do to be able to maximize the amount of business in particular areas. So if you get it, so that's why the, the conversation of territory comes up. You need to buy an area, maybe one, two or three or four territories to be able to make the kind of money that you want to make. So don't get it too small, but don't get it too big because some uh, franchisors will have minimum royalties in there because if you're not making, not doing enough revenue in these territories, you're going to get deemed as if you were doing a lot of revenue in there. And the incentive for the franchisor is to get franchisees to buy accurate uh, businesses, the accurate size of territory that they that they want to be able to service that. Because the last thing a franchisor wants is somebody to buy the state of Texas and yet just do business in Austin. You know, and you can take that and and shrink that down into Austin. The last thing somebody wants is a franchisee in Austin that's just working on the southeast side and not doing anything anywhere else, even though they own it. So franchising in general, there's give and take on the franchisee and the franchisor side, but I think that helps uh, frame the 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 question, give some good answers to territory and when it comes to franchising. So, and you mentioned that you don't do it anymore, but but what are some resources that that people can kind of go find and and how to pick the best franchise for them? It's so hard. It's um, you can go online and put your name in somewhere and you never, they're gonna probably sell that name, your name to other people and you're gonna be getting a bunch of phone calls from people that are buying leads. And sometimes people that are buying leads are really good people. And a lot of times they're just new consultants or coaches or brands that just need leads. And so just know the, you know, it's probably not the best thing just to put your name in a search engine somewhere, a, a, a landing page and to try to find a franchise. Then you have franchise consultants, franchise brokers. That's what I did for many years. I'm very connected out there. I know, you know, hundreds of the, of these franchise consultants, franchise brokers. Um, and typically what I do is someone uh, comes to me and they reach out to me online on social or through my website, franchisesecrets.com. And they say, Hey, Eric, I'm looking at buying a franchise. I want to buy a franchise. You know, can you help me? And I usually help them by sending them to somebody, a franchise consultant that is going to fit their personality, their needs. You know, some people need a lot of handholding. Some people just want to be shown brands. Some people have different, um, uh, different net worth and different liquid capital. Um, and certain consultants love to work with certain people within, you know, a lower, uh, a lower type uh, uh, investment. And some people only want to work with 
uh, people that want to buy a million dollar franchise. And so I just know all those people. So probably the best way is just reach out to me. And if I can help you, I'll just point you in the right direction, maybe make an introduction to one of the, the better franchise consultants out there. But that's a that's a good, a good way to do it. The, um, um, I would listen to podcasts as well. My podcast, FranchiseSecrets.com. There are other podcasts out there. Uh, I had used to host one called FranchiseStory.com. There's a lot of different podcasts out there um, in franchising. Listen to the founders or listen to the franchisees of these brands. And because at the end of the day, you're getting into a partnership with that franchisor. So you want to make sure that you uh, you fit with them, that you like the direction that they're going, that you gel with them on a, you know, because they're going to be your business partner. So think of it as a business partnership whenever you're exploring a franchise. Absolutely. Um, I kind of want to take that step into the when is a business, you know, so now I'm a successful entrepreneur. I've, I've scaled, you know, maybe one or two of my own locations, but now I'm ready to franchise. What does that, that look like? How does that process work? Sure. So, um, a lot of people think they're going to start franchising because somebody comes to them and says, are you a franchise? And then they get 10 or 20 or 50 or hundred people say that, and they believe that they have a franchisable business. They may or may not have a franchisable business. They may have a really cool business that people want to uh, want to start or they think they want to start. So typically that happens with food type businesses and things like that. So they have good branding, uh, good vibe and, and whatnot. And so people say you should franchise it. And then they go down the franchising road. Um, that's probably not the best, you know, the best way to do it because even though people think you have a, a franchisable business, they're just consumers. And I would say 90 9.99% of those people that ask that, that say they're interested are really not interested. So um, they just think it's cool. And everybody thinks about starting a business. I bet everybody at one point thought about starting a business and probably told somebody that they're thinking about starting a business. Most people never actually pull the trigger and actually do it. Um, so I would say the best thing is if you have a successful business, and you have really good systems and processes, meaning it's a business that that doesn't own you. It's a business that you own. It's a business that you could go away for a month and, and the business is going to make more money with you being gone than it did with you being there. Then that's an interesting one to think about franchising. But here's the other thing. Just because you can franchise it, should you? Even from your own lifestyle perspective, once you get a really successful business, business, you know, Anthony, you know this, you have a successful business. It provides you the lifestyle that you've always wanted, the cash flow that you've wanted. Do you want to take the risk and franchise it? Because most franchisors don't make it. And those that do, do very, very well. There's big exits involved with large multiples of EBITDA or cash flow because of that. But here's what you go. If you're a successful entrepreneur, you go the franchising route, you are no longer in that business. Whatever that business is, let's say it's a, it's a, you know, a, a widget business and you love the widget business, you have a successful widget business and now you're in the, you franchise it. So it's widget franchising. You're no longer in the widget business. You're in the franchising business, which is the business of helping people become successful entrepreneurs completely different business. So 
Just because you're successful as a widget business doesn't mean you're going to be successful as a franchise business. I think some of the things to think about with that is, do you have all of your processes down? Do you have excess capital to be able to support the growth of a franchise? I mean, half a million, a million dollars, it, you know, ready to deploy and have a long-term plan for it. It's not franchising, it's not a short-term a short-term plan, get in and get out. It's a long-term, you're building equity, you're probably not taking money out of it for quite some time, then it is successful, then you sell it at some point or you just cash flow it at some point. But most of the time, the magic number is about 100 franchisees. Once you get to 100 franchisees as a franchisor, you're doing pretty well. But go look at all of the different businesses and entrepreneur that are franchises and see how many of them are under that 100 franchisee mark. And there's a bunch of them. So it's just a long-term play, but I love franchising. I got a website called I Love Franchising and, and it's been so good to me as a franchisee. I've done it, I've helped franchisors grow their business. I've, you know, a franchisor uh, growing a business right now. So there's just so many things to, uh, that I love about franchising, but it has to be for the right person. So, and, uh, I kind of want to give you some time to talk about your your franchise group that you kind of I think is a unique model that that I've seen kind of out there. So kind of tell us a little bit about that and what's happening there. So there's a lot of different brands out there that are doing um, that are that are growing franchises and they're and they're putting together a group of of brands under an umbrella. Whether it's Exponential Fitness, Horsepower Brands, Neighborly. Uh, the authority brands. There's a, there's a bunch of them out there, and I'm part of one of them. Um, and the the plan is to have a number of franchise brands under these umbrellas. And let's just use Neighborly as an example. They got Mosquito Joe. They got Five Star Painting. They've got all kinds of brands under them, and they are um, growing that, and and they are acquiring other brands. So some do it by acquiring other brands like Authority Brands and Neighborly, and others like Horsepower. You know, the one that I've been a part of is doing it by starting starting brands from scratch or buying out other young franchises and then turning them into large franchises. Um, so, and I'm advising different different companies too that are wanting to do this. I've got you know an advisory service, a consulting company that I'm helping people that want to do that with their brands. Um, look at the you know really dive into it, the pitfalls and the the advantages. And it's just there's a graveyard of franchises out there, and I think I can prevent a lot of pain by helping people not get into franchising from the beginning or help them get into franchising the right way. And maybe that's going with like a, a horsepower brands or, an or getting acquired by authority, or maybe it's working with some of the, some of the unique uh, smaller boutique uh, uh, outfits out there that I that I'm, you know, know very well that they're wanting to help some of these young brands in different ways. So there's just so many different ways to go about franchising your business. Depends if you wanna go really strong, really fast, put lots of money into it, take lots of risks and, 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 you know, spend five years growing it and then exiting. Or if you want to kind of do it more organically, have five or 10 franchisees a year, do it at a really 
uh, good, consistent growth where you can learn from your franchisees, help them grow, give them the hands-on support that they probably need during that time. And then you've got a really nice foundation to be able to put fuel on that fire of growth. And then at that point, you can go and, um, and hire a, a sales organization to really uh, help you find uh, franchisees. And, um, or if it's finding the right franchise development person that can help you do that, whether it's using brokers, consultants, or if it's doing more LinkedIn, Facebook advertising to get franchisees, there's just so many different ways to grow. Um, and it really depends on what I like to do is, is find out that uh, entrepreneur's path, which, which is the path that they want to, to do. Everyone thinks they want to grow really fast, but when it comes down to it, most of the time they don't want to go through that pain or or go through the 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 risk level to be able to grow really fast um, like that. My generic advice, if I'd give some generic advice to everybody, start slow, friends and family, um, bring in some new franchisees five a year, maybe ten a year, and um, and and learn from them and learn how to be a franchisor before you have a bunch of franchisees that are looking to you and saying, Anthony, what now? This isn't working. That's not working. I want it this way. I want it that way. Because everybody wants something a little bit different. And I see franchisors try to please everybody and nobody's happy at the, at the end of the day. I, I would agree. So one of my, I have a franchise and, and one of the, they're trying to solve everybody's problem at the same time and they're not solving anybody's problem really well. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. Everybody else is frustrated. They're frustrated. Um, so, um, and, and even, you know, I, I know a lot of franchises are required to have kind of that owner advisory council and, and giving input and, you know, that's still not solving a lot of problems. So here, here we are. I just did a video. I did a podcast with Shelly Sun. She is the founder of Bright Star. She was the IFA chairwoman. Um, she's very well known in the franchising space. And we talked about franchise advisory councils. And I have a YouTube video on my Franchise Secrets YouTube that is just around franchise advisory councils because I think it's such an important topic. And there's right ways and wrong ways to set that up that are valuable for both the franchisee and franchisor. So that might be helpful for, for some of you guys out there that, you know, that are listening, that, that you know, have that same struggle um, that you just described, Anthony. Yeah, and we'll we'll find that link and get it put in the in the show notes so for everybody. Um, well, Eric, is there anything that I'm missing on in this conversation? You know, one of the things um, as I think about one of the like the the most like amazing things about franchising is being able to be around other entrepreneurs that are doing the same thing that you're doing. When I was in, in the tax business, there were I have friends to this day that are my best friends that I met 20 years ago and we grew up in business together and we were top performers and we got to know each other and then we all just got better because we were around each other. So I love that that aspect of franchising that, you know, the sky's the limit of you are around other top performers. So anybody out there that's in a franchise or thinking about getting into a franchise, you want to be around top performers. One of you're thinking about joining a franchise, talk to the top performers. The bottom performers are okay to talk to when you're validating, but talk to the top performers to see if you are like them, to get accurate answers from them. Talk to everybody, but I always like to talk to top performers. And then um, 
And then when you are in a franchise, just get to know the top performers because that's who you're going to be like. And that's who's going to, you're going to uh, bounce stuff off of, innovate together. And that's why I, why I started the Franchise Tribe Mastermind. So franchisees in any system, service-based, retail, fitness, beauty, whatever, they are part of the Franchise Tribe Mastermind and they are around other top performing franchisees. We all have similar problems because we're entrepreneurs, we're franchisees, we're in business. And what's been amazing is to see these different uh, 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 franchise models of found, or the owners of these come together and just help solve each other's problems and, and give advice. And, and I started to realize that once I was a franchisee of multiple brands, I'm like, wow, I just learned a lot from this beauty brand that can help me in my home care brand that can help me in my fitness brand. So um, that's why I started the Franchise Tribe Mastermind. So I encourage anybody out there, just, you know, you don't have to join a mastermind. You don't have to pay for a mastermind. Start with just getting together consistently with a group of top performers and don't waste any time talking negative stuff about the franchise or your business or anything. Talk about things that you can actually can control and that will make a difference in your business. So I'm a huge fan of masterminds, whether you start one yourself in a, in a free way or you join and you pay to be a part of a group. I'm a huge fan of paying to be a part of groups. I do it myself and I also facilitate it in the Franchise Tribe Mastermind. No, and I think that's, you know, for me, business owner, like, uh, just because you have a franchise doesn't mean that you're not in business, right? Like, they may have given you a systems and, and some stuff to help replicate, but you still have the same marketing problems. You have your own sales problems. You're going to have your own hiring problems. And and that's one of my favorite things about being, you know, with getting to talk to the other high-performing owners and saying, hey, how are you doing this? What are you doing for, for this? Because they all have the same, same problems. And even those cross, you know, brands, like, other business owners, I think that is uh, great advice. So, you know, one of the things that we're doing as well is um, one one of the things that I've seen is franchisees start to make a lot of money. They make good money, um, so we help them get to that point where they're making good money, and then they're making good money, and then they can either grow another business and diversify or continue to grow what they're doing. But what I see a lot of them wanting to do is invest money into passive investments so they can, let's say they wanted to make a hundred, they're leaving a hundred thousand dollar a year corporate job. Their franchisee franchise now makes them $120,000 and they're wondering what to do. Um, or maybe it's 200,000 and they only need to live on a hundred thousand. Like I think a lot of those people are wanting to have a hundred thousand dollars of pure passive income coming in. So one of the things that I'm wanting to do more with people in the mastermind is help them find some of these unique passive investment opportunities, deal flow that people just don't get anywhere else. Like I'm in deals where I'm, you know, 20% um, a year where I'm I'm making and I'm and across multiple different types of investments and I'm getting equity in companies and getting cash back. So I'm, um, I'm becoming more and more passionate about helping people like really achieve that lifestyle. If you think about rich dad, poor dad and Robert Kiyosaki and the advice that he gave um, in his, in his book, not just rich dad, poor dad, but his book Cash Flow quadrant, where your goal is to go through these different quadrants from employee to self-employed to business owner 
to investor. And that's really what I'm wanting to take business owners to is that investor quadrant where you have more completely passive income. No matter what you do, you've got that income coming in no matter what. And I see some of the biggest challenges out there. Most of us entrepreneurs, I haven't known it until the last 10 years, opportunities out there for us entrepreneurs to, be able to put our cash to be able to turn into passive investments so we can really be in that investor quadrant and live there yeah that's uh my number one goal right is lifestyle like i do all of this for for lifestyle you know this is what i want and if it can't do this then i'm not doing it because i want the lifestyle and that's more important to me um 100 well, Eric, we're, we're kind of out of time. You want to tell people where they can, can find you? We'll link it in the show notes, but just for the, the YouTube audience, you want to let people know where they can find yeah, you? There are there's really two ways to find me. I have a podcast and a YouTube channel, FranchiseSecrets.com, FranchiseSecrets.com. I just give a bunch of value uh, content there. It's all free. It's all helpful. So uh, dive into that. And then if you're interested in a mastermind type thing, go to FranchiseTribe.com, FranchiseTribe.com. If you want to look at me helping you with your business consultant in some type of way, just go to FranchiseSecrets.com and you can reach me there and I'm happy to help or reach out to me on any of my social media accounts. Okay. Well, great. Uh, thanks so much for, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, you provide a lot of value and I'm looking forward to seeing some feedback from that. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. This has been the Maverick Business with Anthony Carpenter, helping people get from entrepreneur to scale. We hope you had fun. We know we did. And we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information that you can use today to take your business to the next level. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at The Maverick Business or Anthony W. Carpenter. To reach out for questions and comments, send emails to podcast at anthonywcarpenter.com. And remember this quote from Thomas Edison. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work.